You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Wow, guys, what a whirlwind weekend it was. Chargers Fan Fest took place on Sunday, and me and David Drogemeyer, all the way from Texas, were able to attend it. So today, we are going to be getting into everything that went down at Chargers Fan Fest because there was a lot of scrimmaging. David got his first experience of SoFi Stadium and so much more. So welcome into the show. A special thank you to anyone checking out the show for the first time today. You picked a good one because we're going to be giving you all of the behind-the-scenes knowledge from FanFest and everything that went down there. If you guys want to see more of like the drive-by-drive parts of the practices, we do have a pretty long, like hour-long video on our Chargers Instagram page, at LockedOnChargers on Instagram, where you can see a lot of what happened on the field at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. But so much good stuff. In segment one, we're going to just get into our experience and the day at FanFest. David getting to see the stadium and what he thought about that for the first time. Got some cool apparel from the team store and spent a bunch of money on that because if you go in there, you will spend money. Got to eat a hot dog. I mean, David had the full SoFi experience and we got to meet for only the second time ever, right? So that was pretty cool. It didn't feel like that, but either way, a lot of fun. In segment two, we're going to get into the Chargers offensive players that stood out. Austin Pro will continue with an impressive camp. We'll also talk about some other receivers like Mike Williams kind of bouncing back for a big day, what Rashawn Slater looked like out there, and much more. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to be getting into the defense and the kickers. The kickers had a lot of kicks on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. The results were not great, but we did get to see Derwin James in SoFi Stadium on the field in a full Chargers jersey, which is something we have never seen, David. So it was really, really fun. Let's go ahead and get into it. Me and the other host right here, David Drogmeyer, were both able to go to Chargers Fan Fest on Sunday. I was there for the whole practice, but David flew in from Texas in the morning and really got to see the whole thing. Got to see the Offspring concert, right? Got to hang out at Chargers Fan Fest. David, let's just start with this. Was it worth it flying all the way in from Texas to go to Chargers Fan Fest? And what did you think of the stadium? Unequivocally, yes, a hundred percent. It was worth it. I mean, it was such a spur of the moment decision. I mean, I made this decision to go to Fan Fest less than a week ago. I looked at airfare. I was like, okay, I mean, I can do this, and so I did. And I am so happy that I did. I mean, the stadium, Daniel, is unbelievable. I mean, it is like a cathedral. I mean, that's one of the first words that came to my mind: a palace, a cathedral, just the mecca. I mean, just a beautiful place. When you walk in there, you see everything state-of-the-art. Everything's brand new. The seats look comfortable. They are. doesn't look like there's any bad views in, in any part of the stadium. Uh, fortunately, we got some really good seats, so we were you know, getting a great view 
But, man, that, that place is awesome. I mean, the video board is something to behold. The field is beautiful. The sight lines are fantastic. If you have not checked out SoFi Stadium, if you haven't had the opportunity, or if you have tickets and you're going to go watch the Chargers there later this year, you're in for a treat, guys. I mean, it is an awesome place. And FanFest Fan Fest was fun. I mean, it was mostly centered around the, the practice. I think that was the main event. But, um, I mean, the concert was good. I mean, it had a good energy I mean, it was just a good place to be. Yeah, and the Chargers fans definitely showed up. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that they were going to sell 70,000 tickets to it, but I was still pleasantly surprised by how many fans made it out. I mean, for something that's not a game, right, to show up to just a practice at Chargers Stadium. I mean, me and Dave would obviously have no idea how many people actually made it in, but by our calculations, we thought they were about – 20,000 fans out there, but David, you got to experience the Chargers team store. You got to eat a little bit there. How was that at SoFi? Yeah, dangerous. I mean, (laughs) as far as the team store is concerned, I mean, I walked in there and it's like, I mean, a kid in the candy store. I mean, if you're a Charger fan, that's your candy store right there. I mean, just any kind of apparel you can imagine, stickers everywhere, keychains, jerseys, hats. I mean... I got in trouble with the jerseys, okay? Yep. I, I did buy a jersey. I just I couldn't help it. I was looking for, originally looking for a Herbie white stitched. I just couldn't find it in my size. So I did get a Keenan Allen white stitched with the blue. I mean, that's just such a good-looking jersey. And then I got a really nice hat to match. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I definitely post pictures on my Twitter, at DrotalkSD. You can definitely check that out. I mean, a lot of people liked it. I mean, you might too, but it was very dangerous. I mean, I definitely spent, I don't know, probably $250. I mean, hopefully my wife's not listening to this podcast right now. But um, <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, yes, very dangerous. The The hot dog was pretty good. I mean, I go for foods that are pretty simple. I mean, things that are pretty hard to mess up. The hot dog was adequate, okay? It worked. <laughs> it, it took care of my hunger uh, when I needed it to. Um, but, yeah, great experience there checking out the team store. And, like I said, the food, I mean, hey, it's typical stadium food. It's expensive. Just, you know, I think if you come into it with that mentality already knowing, it's not going to hurt so bad. Yeah, I mean, when I did the SoFi Stadium tour, I believe it was $8 for a water bottle. Uh, so... When I heard that your hot dog only cost, you know, $276, I actually didn't think (laughs) it was that, you know, bad of a deal. So, yeah, I mean, stadium food is probably always safest, right? Even as the stadiums get really nice to stick with the basics, get some nachos, get a hot dog. I don't, I mean, you didn't get that like weird sub slash hamburger long sandwich thing or whatever that was that they were showing off before anyone was allowed in so far. But either way, it was really cool, though. I mean, just being out there, getting to watch Brandon Staley and the new coaching staff out there, getting to see the Chargers out there in full pads in their uniforms. We had the powder blues and the yellows, and then we had the all whites for the defense. So it was really cool. It was a really fun experience. We got to see Dan Wolkenstein from the Chargers Unleashed podcast. That was pretty cool. Special shout out to one of our fans, Josh Diaz, who came up and found us at the game. We got to talk with him and his girlfriend for a little while. That was really fun. Appreciated that. And it was just a lot of a really good time. I mean, if anyone out there is kind of really wondering whether or not they should try to attend a training camp 
or anything this year. And I'm pretty sure if you go to chargers.com slash camp, there's still some spots available for training camp. Go do it. It's so much fun. I mean, we were hanging out even after the practice, David. They had to eventually kick us out. But like, it was cool even seeing everyone after practice, right? Seeing everyone interact with their families, seeing all the dudes out there with their kids and stuff running around. I mean, it was just really cool experience. I would definitely urge Charger fans to go out and do stuff like this if they can because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that was a, a really special moment that we got to witness is seeing all of the family members from all of the players there in the end zone and all of the coaches and all of the players interacting. You saw Brandon Staley buzz around to several different people. And I think one of the things I noticed is that a lot of the players were excited to introduce Brandon Staley to their significant others or oh, yeah. to their family members. That was something that, like I said, that kind of stuck with me. You know, you only do that for people that you really revere, people you really respect, people you really like. I think a lot of these players, I think all, almost all of these players really love, honestly, following Brandon Staley and his leadership. I, he just has that type of magnetism. You can, I mean, when he talks about being a family man, it's all well and good, but when you see it actually in action, then you know, hey, this is real. I mean, he did that. We saw him spend time with Derwin James and his family and his, you know, his young newborn, which was awesome to watch that moment. And also Drew Tranquil playing with Brandon Staley's kids. I mean, just having some really fun moments there. But I mean, that that was one of the aspects of practice that wasn't about football that I think was really important. Yeah. And I know I put out a post about Drew Tranquil, you know, and Brian Staley's kids. And then like right after I realized there's like a hundred little kids running around and a lot of them looked exactly the same. So I don't know whose kids Drew Tranquil was playing with, but you're right. I mean, we always talk about the relationships and stuff like that. And how does that actually materialize? Right. What does that actually do for the team? You got to see some of that Brandon Staley, cultivating those relationships, talking with the family, right? And he says everyone's family, all those things. I mean, I just don't think most coaches are doing that, walking around to everyone's family, giving everybody a little piece. And he was still out there doing it by the time they kicked us out at 6.30, right? And the practice was only supposed to go until 5. But that was another thing. They were like, went super late, went till like 6 o'clock. But it was cool. I know LT was out there speaking. I know Sean Merriman spoke to some of the fans at FanFest and stuff like that. So, it was a really, really cool overall event, and for us to just go hang out and get to watch Chargers practice together and kind of break things down as we saw it was also really cool as well. But let's get into the practice itself because there were some highlighted players. There were some standout performers for sure, and there were some guys that didn't quite come through when the lights were on at SoFi Stadium. So we're going to start with the offensive side of things coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about something really cool and something that I didn't know even really existed before I heard about Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. So this is how Stat Hero makes things differently because usually this is how Stat Hero makes things different. Usually when you play any kind of daily fantasy for anyone who might not know what it is, you pick a lineup given the budget that they allow you, and you don't know what you're going up against. You don't know who you're playing. So you could just see some stacked team, the perfect team, when it actually pops up and you actually start to play for money. With Stat Hero, you're playing against the house. They will show you exactly what lineup they have, and it's on you to beat it, right? So you know the type of players you need to get on your team to beat it. That's why Stat Hero is so cool. 
You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. I mean, that seems kind of dumb of them. 300% match. That's unheard of. Just go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right, David. Well, we talked about some of the ambiance, right, and the atmosphere and how cool it was to be at SoFi, but a lot of things really stood out offensively, and we got to see more of what you'd see in a scrimmage than what you would see at training camp, right? There wasn't a ton of individual work and stuff like that. A lot of that was going on before the actual, you know, practice time was stated at 3.30. I got in there right around 3.20, so I got to see pretty much the whole scrimmage, but we were getting... Full-on 11-on-11 drives with the offense, one versus one against the defense's first team, too. It was a lot of fun, but I want to start here with the offense because there's a lot of guys who have stood out so far in camp, and I think a lot of those guys really kept that right in, in Sunday's practice. I mean, a lot of guys really kind of fortified some of the work they've already put in in training camp. But there was one guy, David, who I thought really turned around a narrative, and that was Mike Williams, right? And we were talking about it while we were at SoFi today. But Mike Williams has been kind of getting dragged, and I get it. You know, it doesn't seem like he's always going 100% in the routes at practice when he's in individuals, and it doesn't seem like his route running has improved all that much. But there's obviously things he still does really well. And on Sunday, he gets a touchdown against Asante Samuel Jr. from Justin Herbert in the corner of the end zone. He catches a nice back shoulder ball down the sideline for another big play from Justin Herbert. He was one of the standout performers on offense, David, at SoFi. It was nice to see Mike Williams back out there and making big plays. When the lights were on bright and when everybody was watching, Mike Williams made plays. He was out there catching the ball, running good routes, and just making an impact. And that's something that we want from Mike Williams. I mean, yes, he's not the best route runner in the world. We know that. And yes, also, we did see some practices where it didn't look like he was giving his best effort. But when the lights were on bright and bright, and when it counted and when they were going on scrimmage just 11 on 11, Mike Williams showed up and showed out, and it was really nice to see. This is still a guy they have a lot of plans for. They said they expect him to play that Michael Thomas role. And, you know, in the limited snaps that we've seen out there, I mean, it looked really good. I mean, Mike Williams is a game-time performer. I mean, practice is practice, but when the lights are on, Mike Williams goes out there and he performs. Yeah, and he did that, and he had a couple more catches too, had a couple good catches in tight coverage, and he is pretty good on contested catches, so that's no surprise. But Keenan Allen also caught a touchdown. That was nice. Jalen Guyton had maybe a touchdown. It was definitely a big play where Asante Samuel Jr. fell down. So he had a big play right, and he also had a ball that hit his hands that ended up hitting the ground. So it was the full Jalen Guyton package there. The but it Jekyll was nice. Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. Jalen Guyton effect. Yeah, and certain guys like Tyron Johnson wasn't able to be out there today too. He We saw him walking around after Limping a little bit, I thought, David, when we were watching him walk around after practice. But he didn't get to play, so the other receivers had a chance to step up. 
Who else impressed you offensively when we were out there? Yeah, I mean, I think one guy that stuck out to me was the was the the old vet. I mean, it, it's uh, Jared Cook. I just I think that Jared Cook and Justin Herbert really have that rapport. I think they've really they 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 formulated that quickly. But it, it really shows because and I was I was telling you while we were there, I mean, it's just gotta be so comforting throwing the ball to that guy because his catch radius is just gigantic. I mean yep. it, it it just seems like you throw the ball anywhere near him, he's gonna come down with it. He still has good speed, good quickness, even you know, this far into his career. I think Jared Cook is really gonna have a strong year. I mean, like I said, that connection has already been formulated but between him and Herbert, and I'm expecting some really good things out of him and that connection this year. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like the chemistry was there. I mean, he looked like a total mass mismatch for Michael Davis on the outside once they were getting close to the end zone on one of the drives. I mean, just had him out on the outside, easily got some separation from Michael Davis and made a good catch to set up an eventual touchdown by Keenan Allen, it was, I believe, but... As far as receivers went, I thought Josh Palmer kept doing what he was doing, right? He looked explosive. He looked big. The routes looked really clean. Had a few receptions. Had a nice little catch and run over the middle. Almost had a really good sideline catch, but he did the college thing where he only got one foot in, so that'll be You're an not adjustment. in college anymore, Josh. <laughs> exactly, but that was great to see. And Austin Prowell, I mean, still showing out, continuing to show why he, you know, he should be on this roster Made and a not lot just of plays for special teams purposes, team. right, Daniel? Yeah. I mean, he was making plays, he, he, I mean, running good routes and, and moving the ball, moving the chains. He was. I mean, he definitely stood out again. K.J. Hill, Joe Reed each had, you know, a couple receptions each for sure that I saw. Nothing big, no big splashy plays. Actually, Jason Moore had a couple of pretty big plays. I thought he actually looked really good out there. Some, and good, tra- guy. some good catches in traffic, too. Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, not a lot of people are talking about, but Easton Stick, for the most part, did not have a good day. He did have a one good drive that ended up setting up a score. But outside of that, I, I counted three balls that didn't get past the line of scrimmage and got batted down by a defender or by hitting his own offensive lineman. Yep. Didn't have really any other success outside of that drive and really didn't complete anything past the check down, I would say. He had a couple of scrambles. I mean, that I remember. A couple of scrambles that were decent. I mean, we know that he can do that. We know that's an element of his game that he brings to the table, and he showed that. But, I mean, as far as throwing the football and, like, pocket presence, he just didn't really seem too comfortable. Uh, I mean, it definitely showed. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, and he knows he's playing for his job to some extent too, right? I mean, Chase Daniel had a nice scramble. Justin yeah. Herbert had a nice scramble at one point. I mean, the quarterbacks were out there, and they were moving. But Easton Stick, it's hard to say that this day was a big positive from him. Still in the battle, though, and he's still going to get a ton of reps, I think, during the preseason to kind of show his you know, dual threat ability. But oh yeah, I wish I could give you an entire offensive line breakdown for the first unit because it did come out like we thought we would. Corey Lindsley did get injured, but ended up coming back on the field coming back on the field after practice and was walking around okay. Kenneth Murray had the same thing. Not super worried about that, but it was Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Oday Abushi, and Brian Bulaga out there with the starting offensive line. That was great to see those guys together. It's hard to tell how much the running game really showed up just because they're whistling on any first contact for the most part. But I can't even really tell you 
how good some of those guys played because when Rashawn Slater was out there, David, I was pretty much only watching him because I was so excited to see him in the left tackle of the future, and I thought he played well. Yeah, well, it's hard not to watch him, right? I mean, it, it, he's just such such an exciting prospect and player because of the position that he plays and because the Chargers haven't had a good left tackle in a long time. And this guy, just every time you watch him, you go out there, and this this was no different. He's stonewalling guys. He's get, he's not he, he's keeping guys away from the quarterback. He's planting his feet, and they're not getting past him. I mean, you you just see it. You see that that ability, and it just excites you. And I mean. That's that's what I saw when I was out there. I'm like, man, I thought this guy was the real deal. But when you see it when you're with your own eyes, then you know for sure this guy is the real deal, and he is going to keep people away from Justin Herbert. I also like the running backs too. Real quick, yep. Josh Kelly, uh, Larry Roundtree the third. I thought both of those guys looked pretty good. Good showed some good burst, some good speed, getting the uh, bouncing things to the outside. Um, I thought they both had some pretty good days. Yeah, and Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, nothing crazy. I mean, the biggest pass to Austin Eckler ended up getting intercepted by Derwin James. But, hey, that's just a good moment for Derwin James and a bad moment for the offense. And I do want to get into the defenders and a kicker battle coming up right after this. Also, which Charger got booed off the field at SoFi Stadium on Sunday? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first thing you tell you guys, about my favorite protein bar, and of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. Right now, Built Bar has nine delicious flavors to choose from, and at Built Bar, you're always going to find limited time offers and specialty bars that they have. I mean, we just had the Grasshopper Cookie Bars, which my fiance told me today was her favorite bar because she ate one right before we walked into SoFi Stadium, and I was like, well, thanks for eating it then because that was the last one. Great times, but the good news is you can always get more Built Bars, and what I love about them is there's a lot of variety. You have so many flavors to choose from, salted caramel, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, and most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. You can have something that tastes great in the middle of your day to start your day while you're on the go while not having the guilt of eating something that doesn't go along with your diet, because with Built Bar, you have finally found the protein bar that can actually fill both of those needs. Because for me, if it doesn't taste great, I'm not going to eat it. So that's the one thing I love about Built Bar and the variety, buying the mixed pack, getting all of the different flavors, and saving some money. Because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys... The official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, but another great UFC card. A ton of good bets over there at BetOnline. And if you only like betting on the NFL... That works out too because already you can bet on the Chargers' first game against the Washington football team. And more than that, you can pick where the Chargers will finish in the AFC West. You can also bet on Justin Herbert winning MVP, Asante Samuel Jr. being the defensive rookie of the year. So much to bet on at betonline.ag. And right now, we can even help you guys out with some free money to play with. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on all caps for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into the rest of the players on the Chargers and how they performed at SoFi Stadium on Sunday at Chargers Fan Fest, which was so much fun. It was so great to see the Chargers in action close up. We had some really good seats at SoFi Stadium, and I'm not sure how many bad ones there are there, but we had a great view of all of the action. So we talked about the offensive players that excited us on Sunday. Let's flip it over to the defensive side. So we watched Every play of practice, David, and of course, it's impossible to watch everyone, but what players stood out to you, even for a good or a bad reason? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the pass rushers, I mean, the backup guys, I think Guchan and Wosu and uh, Kyler Fackerel both looked good. I think they got in on the quarterback on a couple of different occasions, and I mean, that's definitely something that's really encouraging because... Uh, last year, last couple of years, if it, if it wasn't Joey Bosa, it was nobody. So I think this shows some depth. Also, I want to throw Chris Rumpf in there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw him getting after the quarterback as well. So just the you know your your secondary pass rushers getting home. I mean, I think that's really encouraging, and you know that's something that you want to see going forward. I mean, they need more contributions for more guys to get after the quarterback. I think they have a group that are going to be able to do that. It was really funny with Chris Rump because at one point, like, he totally got through and he's not allowed to sack the quarterback. But one thing you'll see at these practices is a guy runs by that totally would have sacked the quarterback more than likely. And then the quarterback throws it anyways, right? And it's a big gain or something like that happens. It's like, okay, well, it would have been a sack. Like, same thing with that big Tyron Johnson catch from Justin Herbert in training camp video that went absolutely wild on social media. Many of the beer reporters saying, yeah, it was a sack, right? So... You never yeah. really know, but there was one where Chris Rump is just, like, jumping in front of the quarterback so, like, he can't throw it, but he's not actually touching him. Like, hey, okay, this was a sack. Okay, this was a sack. Like, are we just going to keep letting the play go? I'm not touching him kind of thing, but he had some great energy. He was definitely pumping up all of the guys on the second team. He's defense. an animated guy, man. Totally. I mean, and pretty much all the edge rushers had a moment at some point or another, at least of the big dudes that we know will make the roster. But I would say the only exception was when those guys were going up against Rashawn Slater because I saw Slater. Actually, if you watch the back Williams throw on my Twitter at DanTalkSports, you actually see a one-on-one rep between Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater where Slater ends up winning the rep. That was good to see. He ended up beating all of those guys at one point or another, Fackrell and Wosu too. But outside of those reps, I thought all the guys looked good. I thought the defensive line in general looked pretty good there was not a ton of running room a couple of guys got the outside but I thought that was a plus and it was also nice to see Amen, our boy Bong on the field with the first team defense at one point obviously Kenneth Murray got hurt that really sucked to see he was walking around after Brandon Steele we said if it had been a game maybe it's different but our boy Bong was right there David in the center and I know Staley said that he had an up and down thing and he has a long ways to go but I didn't think he totally looked out of place, right? I thought he came in and filled in admirably. But more than that, I just think that you see that this coaching staff is taking him seriously, potentially, as a guy that can make the team, it seemed like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought that that was a big surprise for me, just to see that he was kind of that next man up when Kenneth Murray goes down. It's like, okay, I mean... 
I thought he was just really going to have to make his way on special teams and really make waves and, and really be, you know, a special teams ace to make his way on this roster. But I think we're seeing more and more a lot of these guys that, you know, with pre- previous regimes or just guys that are on the back end of the roster, it seems like they're getting more opportunities to actually contribute on defense. Now, that might be Brandon Staley. That might be them saying, hey, we just need to evaluate them out there. We need to evaluate our depth and see what that looks like. I think preseason is really going to show us exactly what to expect and, and you know kind of how that pecking order is going to figure itself out but I mean that I think for Amen is has got to be something that is uh, very encouraging because he gets to go out there and show what he can do on defense and if he performs well Daniel then he might actually find his way on the roster through that path as well yeah, and he's a good special teams player, right? And you know that he's going to have to be that for this team. But, yeah, if you show you can play a little bit, it's definitely a reason to keep you on the squad. Nick Neiman was out there, too. I thought it was just an okay day for Neiman. I was excited to watch him. Nothing to write home about. Neither good nor bad. So I don't think there's anything too much to take away from him. But Asante Samuel Jr. was another guy that ended up getting some first-team reps. And, he did have an up-and-down day. I mean, he got beat by Jalen Guyton on a deep ball and double move. Ended up falling down, and it was maybe a touchdown, maybe it wasn't. I mean, either Jalen Guyton was about to totally juke out Nazir Adderley or Nazir Adderley was about to pop him on the sideline and put a really good hit on him. Brandon Staley thought it was the latter, right, in that, so I don't think he was giving up a touchdown there as a former defensive coordinator, but... Then he also had the touchdown from Mike Williams. He was the closest defender in the back corner of the end zone. Let Mike Williams get outside of him there and ended up having that completion on him for a touchdown. That's a big matchup in the red zone against Mike Williams. It's hard to really blame him there. But either way, I knew that Asante Samuel Jr. was going to come back with the same attitude. He was still going to come back from those plays as the same player, and he did, and he turned it around a little bit. I always knew he was probably going to struggle a little bit. He's an undersized defender in the NFL, but he has the passion. He has the footwork. He has the technique. He has the athletic ability. It is all going to click for him. It was nice to see him come back and make some plays, got back out there with the first-team defense, ended up having a really good stand against Keenan Allen in the red zone on a ball that pretty much seemed like it had to be thrown away because Asante Samuel Jr. was jumping up for it, and he was the only person, if anyone, was going to catch it on that one. So, I thought that was nice to see David on an up-and-down day from Asante Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. coming back strong. Yeah, I mean, valuable lessons, I think. I mean, and I think that's what Brandon Staley said, too. I mean, he put some things on tape that he's going to be able to learn from. And, you know, you want to have that mentality as a corner that you got to erase that play. I mean, if you give up a bad play, you give up a negative play, you got to erase it and move on. I mean, just like a quarterback, I mean, you can't dwell on that because – they're going to come after you again and again and yep. again if you if you can't bear down and 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 do your job. So, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. and and with everybody, I think we all learn more from our failures. That way we can see what we need to correct. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a couple of games for for him to get comfortable, but this guy has all the makeup, has all the ability, has all the instincts to go out there and perform well and be a very good corner in this league. I'm not worried about him. I just think we all need to understand that it might take a little bit of time before everything clicks. Totally. And I mean, Justin Herbert had an interception today, had some off throws, right? I'm not worried about him. And obviously I've seen him do it at the NFL level, but this is all practice. This is all things to learn from. These are all ways that the Chargers players are getting better. Now, if the things don't get fixed between now 
And when the season starts, yeah, it's much more of a concern. But I thought overall, nothing to be afraid of with Asante Samuel Jr. And I thought the defense played pretty well today. They got some stops. They did give up a couple of scores. But I thought it was a very back-and-forth kind of chess match from the offense and the defense at Sunday's practice. Still upset, Good to though. see Derwin out there, man. I mean, it's really, really good to see him. I know we, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but we can't finish this show without talking about the Derwin James interception and how beautiful that is and how we expect to see a whole lot more of that this season. Yeah, so that was an interesting play because Austin Eckler got matched up with Derwin James. Derwin James was down there as the dime linebacker in the you know star money role for Brandon Staley. And he took Austin Eckler one-on-one. Austin Eckler ends up running a wheel route, something that would pretty much beat every linebacker in the league at, right, trying to run with him upfield. Not when that linebacker is Derwin James. So there's only two linebackers on the field right there, including James, right? So really only one linebacker. You got to see some of how Brandon Staley was getting a ton of defensive backs on the field on a third down. Derwin James comes away with the interception off of Justin Herbert, runs it back to the end zone. But just seeing Derwin in that stadium, in full gear, right, full uniform, getting the defense hyped up and just out there making plays. One looking of the best healthy, parts of the day. Looking strong. Yeah, for sure. Looked all of those things. Looked like Derwin James, right? So that was great to see. But, David, we haven't even talked about the kicker battle yet because there was a lot of kicking at Sunday's SoFi Stadium practice. We'll get into it quick because I know we're going long. But hard to say anyone really, you know, put their – mark on this competition during Sunday's practice. It was not a great day for the kicker. So I had Michael Badgley going four of seven, but the one part where they just had him kick, I think six kicks in a row, he ended up missing two 50 plus yard field goals, missed a 50 yarder and a 55 yarder did end up coming back later on in the two minute drill when Brandon Staley decided to not go for it on fourth and one. And had Michael Badgley kick a 55-yard field goal. It was nice to see him make that. But overall, David, four for seven, he ends up getting booed. Like, it was some of the loudest moments of the day where Michael Badgley missed field goals. And that's not a great look. I guess the good thing for him, neither one of the other guys really took it from him, right? Tristan Viscano ended up going four for six. Couldn't see the exact distances on it, but looked okay, right? And then Alex Kessman... Missed some short ones, ended up going two for six. That wasn't great to see. So it wasn't a good day for Michael Badgley. He got Badgley. booed out of the stadium, too. I mean, you you <laughs> yeah. left. You went to the, I think yeah, you went to the bathroom or I something. Was. That, yeah, it was he, a very end of practice. He definitely got booed out of the stadium, too. And I mean, honestly, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, you're a Charger fan at practice. I, I'm, I don't understand the booing thing. If you're going to do that, just don't show up, honestly. I mean, I understand that, you know, the kickers are, you know, they're trying to go out there and get their work done and do their job, and of course you want to see them complete their kick successfully, but this is practice. I mean, it, I don't think there's any place for you to boo. I, I really don't. But yeah, neither one of those guys, none of those guys showed up well. None of them took this job today. We're definitely going to need some preseason games to figure out if the kicker is even on this roster right now. Well, that's the thing. The best case scenario is that someone takes the job, right? I mean, you just want somebody to kind of run away with it, no matter who that is. But, yeah, I mean, I I heard the the Kespin boos. Unfortunately, a lot of the fans had left by that point because everyone thought the practice was over at 5 when they were doing their little halftime thing, trying to simulate game time scenarios, and they ended up coming back out 
after their halftime, right? And ended up going to like six. It was a really weird thing. But yes, I mean, for Michael Badgley, it has to feel the worst because he's the incumbent. He had a chance to go out there. He If he makes every kick, David, he looks like the best kicker, right? That's that simple. He did it. He didn't. He wasn't the best kicker statistically. Tristan Viscano ended up hitting at a higher percentage, and neither one of them was good. 67% isn't good. Missing sub 40-yard field goals isn't good. I'm not as mad at the Chargers booing, to be honest, the fans. And I think it's just because the Chargers kicking situation has been such a sore subject, right? And I think when you go out there and you're like, okay, we know we have some pieces offensively that look good. We know we have some pieces defensively that look good. And then the kickers are all missing kicks out here. And I think you just want them to get it right so bad. I can understand the passion kind of coming through with the boos there. Still, it is your own team. You shouldn't boo your own team unless you're like the Jets or something like that. But I understand where the frustration comes from because the Chargers, especially in recent history, have had some heartbreaking kicking moments and we all want it to get figured out. Will there be a fourth kicker coming in this week to the competition? That's what I'm interested in seeing. But overall, David, a great day at SoFi Stadium. It was a great event put on by the Chargers. Definitely got me hyped up for football. And hey, we got a preseason game coming up next weekend. So we have a lot more content coming for you guys this week. I don't believe there's any Chargers practice today, but I do think that we'll be back with you guys tomorrow anyways with some Twitter Tuesday questions, hopefully. If you guys want to hit us up, hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter and give us your either FanFest questions, training camp questions, general Chargers questions, and we'll get them to them on tomorrow's show. Super excited about that. We also have Daniel Popper coming on on Wednesday to give us all of his training camp takeaways. Super excited for that interview. We'll see how he's feeling about everyone's performances so far. A lot to look forward to this week. To make sure you don't miss a show, make sure to follow us or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, wherever you find your podcast, and that's the easiest way to make sure that you never miss a show. But we do also post all of the shows to all of our social media and there's a ton of good content. If you guys missed anything from FanFest, you can find a lot of my pictures and videos at Dan Talk Sports on Twitter. David had some fi- some photos and videos at DrotalkSD, and we had a lot and retweeted everything from the at LockedOnLAC Twitter account. Like I said, there's a lot more practice film from the Chargers practice at SoFi Stadium on Instagram. You can see the live stream that was done by my lovely fiance, who was our social media manager for the day. Shout out to her for sitting with us right through the whole football practice. But there's a lot of good video on there you guys could check out as well. But we had a blast covering that event for you guys. I'll be at more training camp days before it's all said and done. But super excited for the rest of the week. Make sure to get your Twitter questions in for Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. But we will talk to you guys then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.